pick up where we left off last week. We're talking about uh, spiritual gifts. So we need to know the, uh, the doctrine so that, first of all, we are sound. We know what the Bible teaches. Secondly, so we can recognize these things in the lives of others and uh, in other churches. And then lastly, so you are equipped with the doctrine and the knowledge if uh, somebody needs help. So this is very important. I would say this, once you know the doctrine, and for some of this mostly uh, be a good refreshing or a reminder, but uh, you don't have to dwell on this. You just, you really need to know it. Um, and then you can, you can uh, have the sound doctrine, build the inner man, have the ability to help someone else if the need arises. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to begin reading in verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So let's look in verse uh, 10 again. It says, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study, help us to listen. I pray that you would instruct your people, help us to know the doctrine, I pray that no one would be uh, confused or have a partial knowledge. Help us to understand uh, rightly dividing the word of truth and dispensationalism and uh, that we would be able to understand spiritual gifts and to be able to uh, teach others and instruct them in an excellent way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's three types of men, just real quick. The natural man is lost without God, has no potential for spirituality. Secondly, a carnal Christian is saved, but they're not spiritual. So the spirit is indwelt. They have the potential to be spiritual, but they're not. Thirdly, the spiritual man uh, has moved on into walking with God, and uh, he has this ability to rise up through the fruit of the Spirit so that he will not uh, follow the works of the flesh. That is in Galatians chapter 5. So uh, if you want to watch the message from last week as the foundation, I'm not going to go over those things again. We're going to pick up where we left off. But the goal is to rightly divide the word of truth, learning dispensations, a period of time which God made a covenant with his people. 
he dealt with them under that covenant. Once that covenant time is up, he moves on to the next. So the law of Moses brought sin and death. God now is bringing in the dispensation of grace, or what we call the church age. So there was a transitional time of the apostles in which God used them and gave them certain gifts to meet the needs of the church. So 1 Corinthians 1.22, the Jews require a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom. So all of these spiritual gifts, these signs were to who? Jews. The, the strange thing is, the new, uh, or these uh, Gentiles, excuse me, they think that they have these signs when the Bible plainly tells us the signs were for Jews only during the apostolic time. So to be an apostle, the requirement was to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of uh, Jesus Christ. So let's see the setting. God is moving Israel from the law to grace. There was not a complete canon of Scripture given yet. The Word of God was not given as yet. So the gifts of the Spirit during that time were necessary to edify the members in the body of Christ. And so there was two purposes, to convince Jews Jesus Christ was their Messiah. Number two, to edify the different members in the body of Christ. And what was the main problem? There was no complete word of God then. So the Bible plainly tells us when that which is perfect has come. And we know this according to James 1, 22, the Bible is called the perfect law of liberty. So when the perfect law of liberty, this book right here, the eternal word of God, the canon of scripture, the old King James, when it was given to the New Testament church, this was perfect and it replaced that which was in part. What was in part? The spiritual gifts given to the apostles to edify the Jews during the time of moving from the law to grace. And so think, let's think about this for a moment. If we did not have the Bible, uh, boy, that would be a horrible situation, wouldn't it? If we did not have the, old, the King James Bible, we would need somebody with a spiritual gift that could exercise that gift for each individual situation of each unique member of the body of Christ, what would we need to know? What, what spiritual help would we need? Who would have what we need? Where could we get it? So think about this was the setting of uh, the apostolic times. And so the Corinthians were carnal Christians. They were saved, hadn't grown in grace. So what were they doing? They were misinterpreting these gifts 
Secondly, they were abusing these gifts. And thirdly, they were deceived in many ways because they did not have the spirituality and the discernment to have the sound doctrine to exercise these gifts um, in a sound way. So I repeat once again, when the complete written Word of God came, it was, what did it do? It replaced the gifts that were in part. When the Bible came, this made those gifts obsolete. Other words, they were not only no longer needed, number two, they no longer existed. God quit operating this way. This is called the operation of the Spirit of God in the New Testament church. So, as I said last week, i just say it again. Why then do certain people still believe in it? And why do certain peoples practice this? There's only two reasons, and you can either one or both. Um, so, number one, they're acting, putting on a show. They're fakes. It's not of the Holy Spirit of God. And they learn to do this, and I've talked to people. They are told to act a certain way and fake certain things, say certain things, and to really mimic it. So, according to Galatians 5, emulations is the work of the flesh. To copycat and act a certain way is a work of the flesh. It's not spiritual at all. So it's either an actor show, and they're totally deceived by both of these, or the second one, it's a lying spirit. A lying spirit is deceiving them. So let me uh, just, it's, it's very simple once you understand it. All of the gifts mentioned in the book of 1 Corinthians were in existence during the apostolic time, but the Word of God replaced them. They are no longer necessary, and they no longer exist. Okay, this is very simple. So when we start looking at these spiritual gifts in chapter 12, also in chapter 14, they no longer exist. Why? When that which is perfect shall come, the Word of God, that which is in part shall be done away. And Paul says, the tongues will cease, the prophecies will cease, the Word of God will replace it. And he said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, immature things. To become spiritually mature, you put away the immature childish things. Now, this is very important. Let's look, beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's look at verse 4. So we have to see the setting at the time that the epistle was written, understand what these gifts were, and how God was using this to meet the needs and edify the members of the body of Christ, and then to realize these don't exist anymore. They, there's no need for them anymore. What is the reason? And we ought to all know this. What's the reason? 
The Word of God does what they did. Amen. Don't ever forget that. All right, so let's look at verse uh, 4, 1 Corinthians 12. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So notice, look at verse 8. We're just going to go through these, give you an overview. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So this first gift is called the word of wisdom. Now, imagine back then. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the book of Proverbs. They didn't have the Word of God. So if someone needed wisdom, they could go to somebody in the church who had the gift of the Spirit of the Word of Wisdom, and it was a literal gift to where they would immediately know by the Spirit of God what wisdom that person needed. Now, that no longer exists. You know why? Because we have a complete book of the wisdom of God. And if you study the book of Proverbs, don't read it now. If you read chapter 8, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. He is the word of God. Sec uh, Revelation 19, when Jesus comes back, his name is the word of God. And when you look at Isaiah 11, his name is the Counselor, the Mighty, uh, and the Word of God. So, no one on earth right now has the gift of wisdom. Now, you can have wisdom. You can be a wise person. You can walk with wise men. But nobody has the gift of wisdom. Now, if you start thinking that, uh, that what they speak verbatim is a direct communication with God of the wisdom, you are sadly mistaken. Doesn't, it doesn't work. Now, I know a lot of wise men. Um, I try to walk with wise men. I study the wisdom of God. But nobody has the gift of wisdom. You know, a lot of people, they they will take what somebody says at face value and trust them to become a man follower and a man worshiper through a cult of personality, and they will do whatever they tell them to do, and they don't even look what this book tells them to do. They get totally deceived by this. I like what the old independent Baptist preacher said. Nobody has the gift of the word of wisdom. You know why? We got a whole book of the Word of Wisdom. All right? It's pretty simple once you understand it. Back then, they didn't have this book. And I think, I, I try to simplify it. Let's say Brother Horgesheimer had the, the gift of the Word of Wisdom. And I was deciding, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this business investment. I need wisdom to know if this is a good business venture. He has the gift. I'd just go ask him. God would tell him the wisdom I needed, and he would say, yeah, th go do that or don't do it. That's wise, do it, or don't do it. It's unwise. Nobody now, we can give advice. We can counsel from the Word of God, 
We're talking about a literal gift that is always 100% active in there. Nobody has that right now. That's why you need to learn to say, boy, that's a good question. Let me study that. <laughs> uh, like I was taught in college, you don't have to know exactly the answer. You need to know where to go get the answer. Amen. And you know where to get it? Right there in that book. Sometimes God will show you, oh, yeah, this is what. And sometimes you'll think, I know it. Let me think about that a minute. Uh, it's nothing to be proud about. All right, what is the second one? Look there at the end of verse 8. To another, the word of knowledge. So there were people in the church that had knowledge that others did not. And notice this knowledge did not come from book knowledge or reading. It came straight from God. They knew things other people did not know. So you would say, hey, brother, so-and-so's got the gift of the word of knowledge. I need to know what to do. I need to know. I need to hear from God. You could go to them. He'd have the word of knowledge. He'd tell you it was a gift. You could trust it. God gave this sign to the prove to the Jews that Jesus is their Messiah and to edify the church during that time. Now, that no longer exists. Nobody has the gift of the word of knowledge. Now, we have a whole book of knowledge. Uh, they didn't have to study. They didn't have to memorize it. It was a gift. All right, we have to study and memorize and retain it and recall it they didn't have to go through all that all right we're just giving you the overview the, the next one look at verse 9 to another faith by the same spirit so there was a gift of faith this is really amazing we have faith but faith has an element of doubt and as soon as we ask in faith we're tempted to waver there were members in the body that had this gift of faith. They could believe God with supernatural faith every time, never failed, and it was a operation of the Spirit. It was a gift of the Spirit. Nobody has that now. Where, what did the Bible say? Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We don't get faith by a gift of the Spirit. Why? It doesn't exist anymore. Now, I know great men of faith. I know men that can step out by faith. It's not a spiritual gift. We really need to get our doctrine right. Number four. Look what it says there at the end of verse 9. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. There were members in the body of Christ had the gift of healing. Everybody they touched and prayed for got healed. Everybody. They had the gift of... It didn't work sometimes, most of the time, 98% of the time. It was a supernatural gift of the Spirit. They could heal people. Now, that no longer exists. Nobody is a healer. Right. Nobody has the gift of healing. If that were true, 
you know, Abigail would not have her problem right now. We pray for her. We're still believing God. But in that time, she could have gone to uh, somebody with the gift of healing, pray for her, just like that. Now, I'll show you to, to see how this works. By the end of Paul's life, he was going blind, and he couldn't heal his best friend. It's the Apostle Paul. These gifts were already beginning to be replaced by the complete written Word of God. And he said, bring me the parchments. When he was in prison, he says, I want to read the parchments of the Word of God. He didn't have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. He needed to read the parchments. This was the Apostle Paul. So, it started out. Where, remember where Peter, if somebody even walked under a shadow, they'd get healed just like that? And then he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and walk. By the end of his life, it totally changed. So, I have uh, seen God heal a lot of people. Miraculous healing. Even cancer, all kinds of stuff through the year, laying on of hands. It, it's not, but I don't have any gift. It's a spiritual gift back then. Now what happens? Faith cometh by what? Hearing, hearing by the Word of God. All right, number five, look at the beginning of verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. So, there were men with a gift of miracles. They could cause the blind to see. They could cast out devils. They could heal the sick. They could make amazing things happen. I read it the other day. Remember when Paul said that uh, they would take handkerchiefs and he would bless handkerchiefs and whoever got it, this amazing miracle would take place in their life. There's nobody with the gift of miracle. And you know, there's televangelists and false prophets out there says, if you'll send me a check, I'll bless this uh, holy water here. I'll bless this hanky handkerchief. I'll send it to you, and miracles will begin to take place in your life. Nobody has the gift of miracles. If that is true, we'd all be rich. <laughs> if, if somebody had the gift of miracle, we, we wouldn't have all these problems. We would have supernatural power in all these areas of our life. Nobody has that gift. Now, God still works miracles, though. God still answers prayer. God still heals. God still gives knowledge. God still gives wisdom. But nobody has the gifts. Right? It's very important that we understand this. All right, look at the next one. Prophecy. Look after uh, verse 10. To another prophecy. Now, you need to know the doctrine of prophecy is to receive a new revelation from God. A never heard before. Almost like the Catholics would say this, the, uh, the Pope speaks ex cathedra. It's God talking. We know that's not true. But for somebody to prophesy back then, 
It was just as if God was talking. Now, nobody has the gift of prophecy. If they, if they tell you they do, they're lying or they're deceived or they're faking it. We preach the Word of God. We study the Word of God. There is no new revelation. Where is it? It's right there in the Bible. All that God's going to reveal to us at this time is in the King James Bible. I have, through the years, seen many people get deceived by this. Uh, just real quick illustration. When, when uh, we got saved, one of our friends, he, was, he made a profession. He was doing great. He decided to go to a charismatic prayer meeting. There was a prophet there. And uh, he, he just looked at him and said, I just got a word of God. <laughs> it's so funny. He said, you're going to be a great man within. You're going to be a mighty man of God within 60 days. I prophesy unto you. Ravashanda started Mahanda. You know, you know what happened to that guy? It's a true story. He became a germaphobe. He was such a mighty man of God. He, if he touched a doorknob, he would scrub his hands till they were almost bleeding, scared to death of germ, turned back on God, went out into the world. Yeah, that was a mighty prophecy. Uh, God wasn't anywhere around that place. He fell for it. He came and told my, me and my brother, oh, I just got a revelation from this mighty prophet. Well, he should have, if he'd known the truth, he'd have said, you're going to become a germaphobe. <laughs> that wasn't in the prophecy. You know why? There are no new prophecies. All these people say, I just got a word from the Lord. I just got a word of this. Hey, why don't you read all these words of God? It's right there in the Bible. All right, the next one is discerning of spirits. If you'd look there in uh, verse 10, after prophecy. So we have discernment of spirits. You know, I, I'm, I think I have some ability of that. I'm sure you have some ability to discern. That person is of a, getting an evil spirit. I can see they've been around the wrong person. They're listening to the wrong thing. They're going to the wrong places. Something's changing. You can see an image or just hear something or be around. You'll, you know that there's something about it with the discerning of a spirit, but nobody has the gift of discerning of spirits. Back then, every time, 100% correct, they could discern what spirit it was of. They did just like that. It was a gift of the spirit. Now, that no longer is in existence. Why? The Word of God, which is perfect, complete, replaces that gift that was partial. So do not be duped. Don't fall for it. The Corinthians were carnal, and uh, we're going to look at in the future the gifts that are still in existence. The, the Bible tells us which ones. These are the ones that are not in existence. The next one is the gift of tongues. So if you'll look there in verse uh, 10, to another divers kinds of tongues. Now, this was a gift. They didn't go to language school. 
like our missionaries in Japan, learning Japanese, studying real hard, being around Japanese people so they could speak Japanese. This was a gift, and it would miraculously happen, and divers is many. Uh, like, I, I know a man from uh, China, he can speak five languages. He doesn't have the gift of tongues. He went to college. He's been in a lot of different cultures. He's highly intelligent. He doesn't have the gift of divers' tongues. And so back then, they would think they're speaking in some angelic language unknown to the Hebrews at the time, and they were speaking a spiritual language, and then somebody would have to interpret it to tell what they said. Now, this is no longer in existence. Just read what happened on the day of Pentecost. There were Jews there from all over, spoke many different languages. They heard Peter preach in their own language. That's the gift of tongues. So if I had the gift of tongues, you could have somebody here from Germany, France, Spain, China, Japan, you know, all over, and they'd all hear in their language. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. You know, they, they have relegated and limited their, this false um, teachings about tongues to just, uh, can somebody tell me what I said? Yes, write me a big check. It's always about that. If you'll sow a seed of faith right now and you'll show you really believe in God and invest in the kingdom, you are going to reap exponentially financial uh, prosperity in your life. It doesn't exist. All right, so the next one is interpretation of tongues. So what does that mean? There was a certain people who could interpret the tongues to tell others what was said. And this is mysterious because why would they need to tell others what was said if the ones could hear it heard it in their own language? This is a whole other doctrine. But the point is, Tongues and interpretation of tongues, divers' time, is no longer in existence. Nobody has that. Now, if I had it, and I, I, I like to tell people I took Spanish for six years, that's not true. They taught Spanish in six years of my education, and I didn't study it for six years. I really wanted to learn. I tried. I know a few things. I still can't roll my R's. I'm very disappointed in myself. I wish I would have put forth a lot more effort. And I never got past the verb endings, you know, of abla, ablas, ablabamos, speak, spake, have spoke. And I, don't, I can't even remember it all. Uh, I still am having trouble with los is masculine and los is female. I believe that's right. So... I'm still working on it, and I try. I know certain things like La Mesa is a table and Rojo is red. I'm working on it. I'm still at Verde is green, Azul is blue. I know some of it. I wish I knew a lot more. But 
If I had the gift of tongues, I could just go anywhere and, and talk to them. I can't do that. And, and people say, well, Tex-Mex is kind of crude compared to traditional Spanish. It doesn't matter. If you had it, you'd speak Tex-Mex. They'd hear it. and It doesn't matter. That gift no longer is in existence. So now the Word of God replaces them and you had to be an so here's the thing and I'm through you had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Christ to be an apostle so and the Bible tells us the last prophet was John the Baptist look it up it's in Luke I think 16 so to be an apostle or prophet and even have these gifts you'd have to be over 2,000 years old I doubt if there's anybody here that's over 2,000 years old. The whole thing is unscriptural. So, once you know this, you don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to emphasize it. You need to know it so that you can have sound doctrine, build your inner man, clear up all confusion, rightly divide the word of truth, recognize false doctrine in other churches and people, and then you're ready and they're capable to help them if they need to know a more excellent way. All right, let's stand. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think it's Luke 6, not 16. Luke 6, 13. I had it written down. All right, well, thank you for coming. I hope you learned something that can help you. So what is the goal? We want to walk in the spirit that we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Please pray for our members, our different situations.